I, I make this running joke when I'm out doing some networking and stuff, and one of my elevator speeches are, you know, if your grandmother con- consistently buys you the ugly tie and socks for Christmas, it's your fault because you didn't teach them about your Amazon wish list. There you go. Yes. We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios. This is Brett, and with me, as always, is Carol. How are you? I'm good, Brett. How are you? Doing great. We are going to have so much fun on this episode. I've been really excited that we are going to talk about the holidays, which are upon us. And um, needless to say, you know, it's not going to be easy to buy out there today. No. What are we going to buy? How are we going to get it? Where is it going to get shipped to? All of those questions. So today, we are going to focus on our holiday shopping and technology, how to use technology, how and what to buy that is technology. All right. And we have brought to the table Marianne Bailey. She has been strengthening our older adults by teaching them all the secrets, tips, and shortcuts on technology. So she's the publisher of an online magazine called The Hip Senior and also the founder of the company OnlineTechLessons.com. Marianne, thank you for coming along. Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me, sure. Carol. Thanks. Good to si- so, finally see you. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is, I said, this is going to be fun. You know, d- holiday shopping is just not easy. And this year, shopping in general has just been either uh incredibly expensive or a disaster. So um, what we're trying to do is to pack a lot of information for our audience. And we want to first hear, um, before we get into all of those details, to hear a little bit about your company and the magazine, the, the HIP Senior Magazine, a bit about your background. You know, why is it important to provide technology information to older adults? Absolutely. Well, I'll start with... Um Back in junior high, when I before I started all this, we'll we'll start back there and we'll work up to what my um, current situation is. But when I was in junior high, I took my first computer class, oh, and I, I had torn ligaments in my leg. I had to go about half a mile to get there on crutches. I mean, I was determined. And this junior high, that class was on the third floor oh, and no elevator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so scooting up on my rear end every single day, and. I came home at the last day of that class and I told my mom that I wanted a computer. And my grandmother lived with us at the time. And my mom turned around. She was talking to her and she said, do you hear that mother? Now Marianne wants an apple. And my grandmother looked at me and she says, well, I don't have any apples, but I can make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) So even at a young age, it instilled in my head somewhere dark down there that that seniors were going to struggle with terminology and what they were going to do with computers and how they were going to handle all this. And my mom was a nurse at a nursing home all these years. And, and so it's just kind of been involved. My, my brother now plays the uh, piano at nursing homes. So oh, nice. somehow or another, we've all kind of become involved with seniors. And when my daughter was really young, I had gone back to work as a Hewlett Packard rep. And when I was in the stores uh, learning myself, you know, and about the new products and everything else, I'd always have seniors asking me, what should I buy? How do I use this? Where do I learn about this? So it's, again, being reinforced that seniors were really going to need some help. And then as time went on, life evolved for me and decided that it was time for a second career path. My daughter was getting older, and what was I going to do as she w- w- went that way? And I launched um, what was then called the Senior Tutor, and that eventually got rebranded into Online Tech Lessons. 
And so I was out of people's homes, teaching them how to use technology, holding classes with senior um, centers and senior homes and stuff like that, just making sure that people understood the value of being online, but also the necessity to do it in a safe way that kept Mm -hmm. them and their families safe as well. Then uh, when COVID hit, all of a sudden I had to find ways of getting the word out about not only online tech lessons, but also different businesses that worked within the, the senior realm. And so the Hip Senior magazine was born. And um, it's really neat. It, it's a magazine online digital. So it kind of reinforces that how to do things online. And it keeps me teaching people this is how you get online. This is how you read the magazine. These are skills that are being reinforced over and over and over on a daily basis with them. And it also has articles in there about healthy living and purchasing stuff and uh, finance and um, elderly law stuff and all kinds of stuff like that. So hopefully keeps them engaged just like your podcast. We in you for years um, as in my previous lifetime as the director of the nonprofit agency, um, employers would say to me, well, seniors don't know to technology, but I think what you're saying is um, they know it differently. They've learned it differently because they didn't, they weren't born with a uh, iPhone in their hand um but they can learn and they can utilize it they can learn they do learn most of them want to learn especially right now during times when they can't be out shopping as easily and stuff like that we you know i used to say that it's because of our seniors right now is why we have iphones in our hands all the time and everything else they started this trend they developed this trend even here in ohio you know, the the motor plants and, you know, GM and all this other stuff, you know, they had big mainframes where they used to get the floppies and have to update them and all that other stuff and whatever. And as that evolved, it started going into the areas of where they would download it. And that's all they knew. But then when the iPhones and the Androids and the smartphones came out, the tablets, all of a sudden things were open ended where anybody could go in there and design a product. Right. For these items. And it just exploded. And there was no way for seniors to keep us. Well, when my when my young cousins are, are, are acting like I don't know what I'm doing on technology, <laughs> I just look at them and say, you know, we uh, created we gave birth to the Internet. So don't <laughs> don't go there with me. <laughs> Not only that, but we all made it through school without the Internet. Oh, is that the truth? <laughs> That so, is so. Give us very, a little bit of credit there too. Very true, and we when we consider ourselves to be smarter, right? Right, <laughs> so right. Go. Well, you know, let's review a bit about our first area of interest, and we're concerned about holiday shopping and really staying healthy during holiday shopping or just you know shopping in general. Uh, the obvious step is to do it online, as we just talked about. Um, we're finding that many older adults are learning to do online shopping by urgent necessity. However. What are some tips you're giving to older adults in using technology for online shopping, like the equipment, um, where to find help, and, and what they should be aware of? Well, sometimes people have stuff that they don't realize that they have when it comes to technology. They may have a smartphone, and they only use it for phone calls or emergency phone calls, and they don't realize the power that that little phone in their hand does have. So the first thing for them to do is is to stop and make a list of, okay, what what do I currently do? What do I grocery shop online? Do I use a big computer for that? Do 
I call someone to go shopping for me, you know, how do I get my prescriptions and go down and kind of make a list of of things on a daily or weekly basis or even a monthly basis that they do. Then to go in and say, okay, what do I have? Do I have a desktop computer and a smartphone? And, And how often do I use these items? And then to possibly look in there, because a lot of times I'm in the big belief that senior citizens do not necessarily need a laptop or a desktop if they only do, say, their grocery shopping online. Or maybe they, from time to time, look up one or two things on the Internet or check their email occasionally because every once in a while, maybe once a month or something, their granddaughter sends them a picture or two. You don't need a whole lot of technology for that type of scenario. So maybe if a smartphone is too small for them, for them to be able to see it clearly and stuff, maybe a tablet is mm-hmm. is a good option. Mm-hmm. You know, it's able a little bit bigger depending on what size you can get. You can get up to, oh gosh, I've seen huge tablets that are a little extreme, but I've seen, you know, 10 inches is, is a good size if someone's kind of visually impaired and they need to be able to see things a little bit bigger. Uh, seven inches is a good size if you want to be able to hold it in your hand and, and not feel so uncomfortable because they can be a little awkward to hold if you're trying to read stuff for a while and stuff like that. Then the next option is even some of the Chromebooks. Chromebooks are a good option. They're light. They can be smaller. They can be the size of a laptop, but they can also be smaller. They update automatically. You know, they don't have to worry about a lot of virus protection and all that stuff or going in there and checking for updates. They can use that if the scenario is – that they like doing a lot of research just because they're curious or mm-hmm. because they want to go in and view a lot of different websites, reading about different stuff or a lot of shopping online. It's obviously a lot clearer to see some stuff on like Amazon and some of those places right? using a, a bigger screen for that. So definitely if they're going to be on Amazon or some of those places, you know, a tablet or, you know, a Google Chromebook, if they're doing – more stuff like a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of um, just, you know, they're on it a lot. They're probably going to be more comfortable maybe sitting at a desk with a comfortable chair or something like that and maybe having a desktop computer with a bigger screen or just even a nice laptop screen, maybe a 17-inch or something like that. Maybe they don't travel a lot these days because none of us are. <laughs> right, right. And, and and so they want something that, that they can just be comfortable sitting with and being able to see in a form like that. Well, and if they do have a smartphone um, and they either bought it themselves or somebody has them on their plan, sometimes you can get a deal on tablets with your smartphone. Mm-hmm. I did that. My first tablet was I got it for almost nothing because I bought a new smartphone. Some of the, but you did, they do have to be careful when they do that because I know I was with uh, before Sprint turned into T-Mobile and they offered me, I think it was like two tablets and whatever. And I was like, okay, but what's the small print you're really not telling me? You need to ask those questions. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. what What am I actually paying for that I'm getting this tablet for free, but am I, am I going to have to pay $25 a month for internet on this Absolutely. tablet? Or is this tablet just Wi-Fi and there's no extra fees and I can just hook it up to the Wi-Fi in my home that I already have mm-hmm. and, and, and use it that way? Yeah. Most of the time, if there's um, internet provided, if there's, you know, if it's internet enabled and stuff like that, they're going to charge you a fee with that. So you need to ask those questions and make sure that you're not going to be surprised when you get your bill. Okay. So we've got a good um, look at the options that uh, somebody could um, have for themselves. 
But now we're looking at older adults who need some hints on what to buy for their children or grandchildren for the holidays. Um, you know, is there something similar to like a bridal registry um, <laughs> that they can find out what they want under their Christmas tree? There is. I, I make this running joke when I'm out doing some networking and stuff. And one of my elevator speeches are, you know, if your grandmother con- consistently <laughs> buys you the ugly tie and socks for Christmas, it's your fault because you didn't teach them about your Amazon wish list. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So there's websites out there, especially like Amazon is really big on this. Now, keep in mind, I am a big fan of shopping locally. If you know somebody who mm-hmm. sells what you're looking for and they've got, say you went to your grandson's Amazon wish list and you saw what he wanted and you see, oh, look, they want XYZ, whatever that may be. And I know someone down the street who sells that. Go ask that person first. Hey, do you have a, or call them, you know, do you have a website that I could buy this from, from you and shop locally? Because all the small businesses these days, especially in COVID times and everything else, everybody can use as much help as they get. So try to shop locally as much as possible. Um, But Amazon, um, Target, all those are have, you know, I don't know. You can shop on Walmart, you can shop on Target, you can shop on Amazon, but Amazon's probably the best known for having their Amazon wish list. And so you can ask your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, hey, go in there and and share your Amazon wish list with me. Create one, share it with me. What they do is they go in there and they share it. They put their email, your email address into it, and you receive a link saying so-and-so shared um, their Amazon wish list with you. And that way you can kind of go down and see what what they're, what they're interested in. Very cool. Times have changed. They Interests have changed. Nobody wants to tie in socks anymore. <laughs> just, well, just saying. But, it, but it's also where um, a lot of times folks think that if they're going to buy a technology gift, it's going to be incredibly expensive. When in actuality, there's a lot of little gadgets that the kids love that are $10, $20. There's, you know, I, I kind of made it put together a list for you for that on that one. Um, things like Fire TV tablets off from Amazon, 50 bucks. You can mm-hmm. get a tablet for $50 these days. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the smaller, you know, seven-inch ones that are easy to handle and whatever. But right now, I, I looked up before I came here, they're $50 on, on Amazon right now. Um, everybody's into Fitbits these days. They want to know how many steps they've walked, how far they're going, and, and what their heart rate is and stuff like that. So Fitbits. Uh, those range anywhere from $29 up through $129, sometimes a couple hundred. You, people don't need really expensive ones. Right. You know, even there's some out there that are less expensive that will even show um, text messages and stuff when you get them mm-hmm. on your phone. So you don't have to have really expensive in order to get some of those features. And then the other thing that I recommend um, that everybody have is, and and you don't have to have them on all the time or or even, you know, use it for everything but amazon has um, alexa and alexa dots you know you can get one i think i saw one online today for 39 dollars. Ooh, yeah oh alexa wow. may be on my list <laughs> she should be yeah there you go there you well you know if if you can't do the amazon list uh and and you're you know kind of hard pressed for a wish list let's talk about as you just mentioned what's going to be flying off the shelf this year you may be a, a, probably more tuned to what you're seeing and reading that's going to be hot technology pieces that maybe as a grandparent you should kind of keep your eye on kind of going okay that 
Johnny wants that. Let me keep an eye on that to put it, you know, put it on a, on a list for myself to, yeah. to see it coming up. So are there things that you're seeing, uh, in, you know, including the, the, what the, I guess, virtual command devices, I guess they're called. Uh, those are going to be, as we just mentioned, probably hop at some other things too. You know, probably those three items that I just mentioned are probably at the top of my list when okay. when I think of people, what they're looking for these days. Cool. Um, you know, when it comes to Alexa, you know, even putting Alexa has an um, Alexa Echo Auto, okay. I believe it's called, which is a small little Echo that um, that goes in your car. So um, and people think, oh, that's kind of silly. But, it, you know, I recently used it. I was telling Carol earlier when I went to California Um You'd be surprised that when you're in an area that you're not familiar with, how just being able to open your mouth and ask a question, you know, hey, where, where's the next turn or how do I get to the next local coffee shop or whatever it may be, um, can be very helpful for stuff like that. Um, I think those devices are kind of interesting because they're one step away from you actually doing the same thing on your phone. Mm-hmm. Your phone can do that already. It's just you, you're not really thinking about that. Where the, You know, the dot's sitting in your home and you're just talking to her, him, and asking a question, you know what, you're one step away from actually doing that with your phone because your phone can do the same thing. Your phone can do the same yeah. thing. It's somewhat, you know, in yeah. regards to those, those commands and asking questions. So all of a sudden you're teaching yourself another device while you have the one in your home. You are. You absolutely are. The nice thing about having things like that in your home is that when your hands are full, and you've got it hooked up to turn your lights on. Say a mother comes home. She's got three little kids that she's been out grocery mm-hmm. shopping with and or running errands, picking everybody up from school. The days are getting shorter coming up yeah. soon here, unfortunately. Um, and our hands are full. You know, just being able to say, Alexa, turn on the lights. You know, a senior citizen coming home and saying, you know, um, Alexa, getting up in the middle of the night, having to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes p- people put line like the path to the bathroom with those little um, rope lights. Mm-hmm. And you can tie those into Alexa. Oh, nice. And so Alexa, turn on the bathroom lights would kind of give them a guide of how to get to the bathroom without right. having to turn on these full brights and really wake up and stuff like that. You, so, you know what I'm thinking, too, and I'm, I'm not sure if this happens to other folks or it's something I did, but... Um, if I use GPS on my phone in a car that's not my car, it works and talks to me. But because my phone is connected to my car, it turns off the sound of the GPS. Oh, I, that happened to me on the way here today. I know exactly what your problem is. Do you want the answer? Yes. <laughs> what happens is your your car probably has Bluetooth, right? Right. Okay. So if you were listening to the radio and your phone linked up to your car via Bluetooth, there's another setting in there where you have to go instead of like FM, AM. Another one is your actual radio, is your actual phone. And so you have to go in there and set it to your phone so that setting is hearing your phone right. saying those commands. I figured it was a setting. However, I don't want to have to turn it on and off all the time. Right. That's the thing. So, yeah. and and chances are, particularly if I'm, home i'm here in columbus um i don't need the gps where i do need my phone to work and the radio right. to work right. and that kind of thing but um well i was out of town earlier this year and my gps was perfect and i'm like well why doesn't it work on my car and then all of a sudden it dawned on me it's the bluetooth so yeah yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's the bluetooth like i noticed today i went in there and had to turn off my bluetooth and then when i have it plugged in my car recognizes that my 
phone is plugged in through the system, recognizes what type of phone it is, right. and it still runs it through that way. So I have to not be charging for uh-huh. for my phone to be able to hear it as well. Right. So you just kind of have to, you know, play with what your settings are and figure out what your settings on your phone are. Right. And sometimes some people need some help with that kind of stuff. So Exactly. Well, and you know what? That makes sense, too, because I have been on the phone uh, or I've been on GPS and it's I'm only looking at the screen. It's not talking to me, but I get a phone call. So while I'm talking to that person, I can hear the GPS. Yeah. So it's talking over the phone mm-hmm. as opposed to over the car radio. So hmm. anyway, well, that that was that's why I need an Alexa for my car, Brett. There you Christmas go. is coming. Are you, is that a hint? Hint? Sure. There you go. <laughs> they even have. Sure. They even have some GPS. They even have some GPSs where Alexa is built into that. Oh, nice! And they hang from kind of like up by the rear view mirror and stuff, and it'll show you directions or whatever, and speak those to you. But Alexa's built into that, so you can huh. be asking questions as well, like, "Hey, Alexa, what's my next turn?" Or right. different, you know, how far away till till I get there or whatever. So you just kind of have to I'll, see what's I'll, out there. I'll take care of my wish list, my Amazon wish list, <laughs> and share it with everybody I know. <laughs> you know, we were talking about the virtual command devices. Are, are there some tips of what we ought to be looking at when you go buy one in regards to Wi-Fi connection? It's some technical. They'll maybe get into the weeds a little bit so you kind of at least are educated on the terminology you're going to see on the box that you know it's going to work at home. So one of the things that you have to do is, remember, you're going to be buying a device. And that could be uh, there. when you look on Amazon, there are probably 50 different devices you could be buying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then all different kinds of brands tied into that. And they come out with um, things with screens on them. So you have to kind of decide what your needs are. Do you just Do you just want a device to ask questions? Or do you want a device that you can see – videos on or um the there's a alexa show that has a screen on it and has a camera built into it so you can ask it like hey how do i cook macaroni and cheese and it's going to show you some recipes and then it'll even show you some videos on how to how to cook these recipes type stuff but then also has a camera built into it so say grandma has one of these and the grandson at college has one of these and then this grandson's parents. They have all three have that. They can all hop on and drop in on grandma right. and, and be able right. to check on her and see her mm-hmm. right through mm-hmm. this system. You know, Facebook has one of these as well. Um, I'm not sure what Google has out right now as far as screen wise with cameras built to it and stuff like that. So, but it doesn't just stop there. Like Brett said, you have to have more detailed stuff like you have to have wi-fi in your home with this and that you know can come from a various number of sources whether it's your um, cable provider so if you have cable tv whether it be like spectrum or comcast or whoever it is these days um, you've got to have wi-fi set up in your home for that device to connect to so when you take it out you're not just going to be connecting it to the wi-fi you actually have to have the Alexa program on a tablet, a computer, or a phone um, set hooked up to help connect that w- product to the Wi-Fi. Right. So there's kind of, you know, like I said, it just kind of depends on what you need and and what it is that you already have depending on what else you're going to have to add to the scenario. 
most people that have had experience having a laptop or something like that already have Wi-Fi. If you have internet and it's wired and you don't know if you have Wi-Fi, my best advice is to call your provider of your internet and say, do I have this? Um, a lot of pe- I've noticed a lot of people lately that have internet have speeds that are faster available to them. But when we went from having like Comcast or something like that in the area and upgrade maybe to Spectrum, they're still on the old plans and they haven't been upgraded or maybe their their router and their modem haven't been upgraded for a while. And so maybe Wi-Fi is automatically available to them. They just don't have it yet. And it just takes a phone call. And sometimes these plans, when they call them, they can actually save themselves money because hmm. sometimes their plans are the old plans and they're paying too much. So they can go from having, say, 30 megabytes per second for internet down up to 100 or 200. And one couple that I did went from that same scenario. They had 30. They went to 200 in Cincinnati and saved themselves $30 a month. Isn't that something? Yeah. So just make a call and and find out, you know, hey, I need need Wi-Fi because I'm trying to have Alexa, and what can I do for that? Well, if you've got a little short-term thing, you could do a hotspot off your phone, but that's not a scenario you want to do on a regular basis. Yeah. Sometimes if you have one in your car, you can link it to a hotspot if you're just going to be asking occasional questions or stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But also, um, it's, it's not ideal at home at all. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and also, you know, we need to be selfish. We need to be thinking about ourselves for t- buying technology. Um, as an older adult, what would you suggest that you look for as a you know, tech gift for yourself? I know we talked about a tablet, um, and, and let's go a little bit deeper in the tablet. I think uh, sometimes we don't realize what all the things we can do with a tablet. We talked a little bit about it, but there are a lot of things that come with that, like ebooks and such. Let's, let's dig into that. Yeah. And, you know, when we say tablet, we also are including I, – I just say tablet as a general. It's kind of like saying Coke for so, all sodas. And mm-hmm. that kind of de- depends where, where what area of town you're in and who you're talking to type of thing. So when I say tablet, I also mean things like iPads, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's something to consider too, Brett, is if you have an iPhone, you know, do you want that whole – iOS experience where they link together and they all update and you can get text messages on your iPad along with your iPhone and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I have um, an iPhone. I have an iPad. I recently noticed like my iPhone was dead. I went to go plug it in. I was still able to get text messages on my iPad. Mm -hmm. Uh, So having that kind of environment all mixed together, you know, if you've got an Android, maybe you want to get like a Fire TV or even a little bit more expensive tablet. Um, But you can do so many things on tablets these days, like you said, from from reading ebooks. You know, I subscribe to Amazon's um, Kindle Unlimited for ten dollars a month. I can read thousands and thousands of books completely for free for that ten dollars. Um, the nice thing about that is if I get into a book and it's just not doing it for me, I can switch to another book and not feel guilty about paying for that book and then moving mm-hmm. on to another one. Mm-hmm. And they have lots and lots under the unlimited um, label right now. Being able to go in there and watch TV on your tablet, you know, maybe if you're sick, you're not feeling well, you're laying in bed and you don't have a TV in your bedroom or something, just being able to prop up your tablet and being able to watch TV or Netflix or movies and stuff like that, listening to music. 
again, people, sometimes the necessity for them, their technology needs are maybe just a tablet, you know, being able to check their bank account balance on there or being able to read their emails or these days even being able to hop on Zoom with somebody and being on there. So almost everything you can do on a laptop, you could do with a tablet. I could see this really being a great opportunity for intergenerational discussions. And let's say grandma and grandpa talking to the grandkids about what technology they're using and having a really kind of a neat discussion about why are you using that? I'm thinking about getting an iPad. And they're going to jump right in kind of going, yeah, grandma, you should. This is what you can do. And all of a sudden, they're bonding on a whole different level that you're learning as a grandparent or an older adult, whatever the case might be, about what they're doing with that iPad. And they're explaining how to do things in their level (laughs) that you probably can understand totally and understanding now you get the concept of Wi-Fi. You get the concept of like, oh, it's just opening an app and I can read a book. They're showing you right there. Right. What a great opportunity. I I think, too, that um, when we were younger and computers were just coming out, um, we had more not just interest but uh, curiosity about how to make things work. And it's gotten to be so complicated. I think a lot of folks are afraid to be curious because they think they're going to kill it. I remember buying my mom a computer and she just, I mean, I, you know, pull it out of boxes, put it on the desk, put it all together. Okay, you're ready. And she looked at me like, well, will I break it? No. <laughs> and and I think, too, that having those conversations and maybe if the parents prep the grandchildren a little bit to say, keep it easy, keep it at a level so that you're teaching somebody a little step at a time, you're, the grandparents are going to learn that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what I thought about as as Brett was saying his scenario with the grandkids and stuff, because what is I found a lot of my clients tell me is that I don't just teach them how to use an app on a device. Mm -hmm. I give them the courage to push the buttons to figure out what the apps do. Right. Because a lot of times they'll be like, hey, what does that button do? And I'll act stupid. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's push it and find out. Because especially on a tablet or a smartphone, it's first of all, it's really hard to screw them up. Second of all, if you do, it's really easy to reset them back to factory and start over because all your apps are already on the cloud. You, The system knows what you've used and what you need to download again. And you might need some a little bit of help with someone helping you figure out, you know, how to exactly to do that. But it only takes a few minutes to do that and then however long to sign back into all your apps and stuff right. like that. That's the worst part of it is making sure that you are keeping good information in a little black notebook somewhere as to what your logins are and what your passwords are for those logins. Mm-hmm. Because I know with that when I go out to help people, that's what the majority of time my first visit with them is or if we're hopped on Zoom or something, is, is okay, we've got to reset this program. What, you know, you've got to log into this program. What? They don't know their passwords. Right. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many seniors I have brought with me after a phone call with them, a little black notebook. And I'm like, here, write down your information in here. <laughs> because I go out to their, and they've got on their desk all these little piles of paper with, with you know, snippets of passwords and stuff like that all over the place. I'm like, that's you. You can't be you can't do that. (laughs) So I give them a little black notebook and I ask them to write their information down in here, put whatever notes we learned from that lesson and then tuck that book away somewhere. Don't leave it sitting there with your computer. 
because knock on wood, God forbid, if you were to have your home um, broken into and they stole your computer, you don't want to give them your passwords to your banking information, all that right, right there next to it. Right. So right. tuck that away, hopefully maybe in a locked box or a, a locked drawer somewhere, just somewhere where it's not obvious with that computer as well. Right. Well, this has been wonderful. So this is exciting. And I'm really, uh, I'm kind of thinking that all of our listeners are uh, ready to put their Amazon wish list together of the toys that they would like for Christmas and now know that they can share those wish lists with their grandchildren and get people something they want as opposed to a shirt and tie, which that's good. Um, there are a lot of resources on learning about technology, and we're going to have on our show notes all the information about your company and what people can can do, um, you know, not only finding out in the magazine, The Hip Senior, but also in online um, tech lessons. But we don't know who's out there listening to us. They may not be here in central Ohio. Are there other resources and places they should look to get information about technology? Well, first, if they go online to onlinetechlessons.com, they they can get me nationwide. So I am available um, on Zoom and Facebook, whatever they want to get on nationwide. Their next steps would be checking out their libraries to see mm-hmm. if they're, the librarian there um, helps seniors with online lessons, even if, they can, if they're not doing it in there right now. Um, and possibly calling some of the schools um, if that's your next option is is maybe finding some of the um, high school kids that are willing to te- work with seniors. Sometimes some of the high school pr- have programs that are set up exactly for that. They were going out to senior homes and teaching classes and working with them one-on-one. Obviously, I don't think any senior homes are letting people in on that kind of no. scenario right mm-hmm. now. But you might be able to find – um, some of those type of groups like that that are even working with them on Zoom. I, I think um, another huge um, opportunity, at least here in Central Ohio, are the nonprofits that do uh, that teach some computer training. And so, it, as you had said before, people really need to think about what it is they want, what they need. Um, somebody may get a tablet and say, hmm, I want to learn more, but I also want to learn how to use Word. And so there are lots of free classes that are out there to teach to teach folks um, different courses. Um, Ohio Means Jobs has online training also, as does uh, Columbus State have actual courses. But I think that there are an incredible number of places like with you that people can learn technology online and for for free or very low cost. There, there are. And, you know, the one one thing, if I had to say something to somebody that wanted to teach somebody or a senior how to use technology is to actually slow down, speak slower with them, mm-hmm. use simple words with them when it comes to technology. Don't go over their heads because you will lose them in a heartbeat and be able to um, just step by step show them things and then allow them to do it. So many people say, oh, my grandkids right. would be would show me this, but they just take the device and they do it for me and then they give it back to me. Exactly. And so people really need to slow down and just hand them a device and say, okay, here, you do it. Let me let me tell you what to push and then you do it. And then the senior being brave enough to be able to push buttons and, and say, oh, that's I don't want to use that app. And then maybe somebody showing them how to delete apps. The other thing is for someone to when they're setting up these tablets with them is to take everything off of the tablet um, and put it on a different page and on the front page 
have the the apps that they know how to use and they're going to use on the front page so they're not confused by all the other clutter. Right. And then having um, on the other pages those some of the apps that they might be interested in so right. that they can go in and play around with those when they have time. I do that already on my phone. I so. was just going to say, <laughs> even in phone too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, not just yeah. even on a tablet. The new iPhone, um, I think it's um, iOS 14 just came out and they actually took and put, you know, we used to all have to kind of make folders and put into these folders all of our banking information, all our music and stuff like that into folders so that everything just wasn't spread everywhere. And the new update for iOS 14 actually puts things in folders, kind of like um, Android does where it has all of your stuff on one thing. They're kind of divided. Like all the Google stuff is together and all my Samsung stuff is together. Yeah, Yeah. iOS 14 actually just did that. Most of my clients that are seniors have have iPhones, so that's why I'm talking about that, even though I'm a big Android fan as well. Um, But they kind of put them, grouped them into onto one page into folders and then nice. now you can just put the ones that you want on your main folder. So, good. Well, good. Thanks for joining us today. I think I'm better prepared for the holiday season. I know that. I'm, oh. Hopefully our listeners will be too. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you need another person to talk to. I think I, think I need a, a longer um, wish list on Amazon and oh, okay. I'm going to share it with everybody. That's, I think you need a longer a lunch break to put that wish together. There you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Marianne, thank you so much. It was great to meet you finally and also to talk with you today. Hey, I am so honored to be here. I appreciate you guys having me All on right. the show. Thanks. That's great.